Hi, my name's Alan Carter. I'm the president and CEO of Cabral Gold. Um, I'm here today with Rory McKnight, who's our Brazil manager, and Willie Hughes, who's our VP Exploration. Uh, we have, as Cabral, a, an advanced gold exploration project in Brazil called Cuyu Cuyu. We have two gold deposits um, uh, currently on the project. Um, we've made several discoveries in the last few months. We currently have five rigs turning, and we're right next door. The project is right next door to a project which is um, re was recently acquired from El Dorado Gold by G Mining, which will be soon to, soon be um, Brazil's third largest gold mine. So we're right next door to that, and we have a historic footprint um, in terms of placer gold production, which is ten times larger than theirs. So. That's the summary. Great, Alan, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, this is the second time that I'm speaking to you as the team. So um, hi, Rory, hi, Willie, um, again. Um, now, the last time we spoke, I was very favorably impressed with what you were up to and the team and all of the geology. And so much so that I, um, in homage to kind of the Remington Steel guy, I went and I bought some of the company, as in I bought some shares uh, in Cabral, Cabral Gold, which is the only company Actually, it's not quite true. I've done it with one other company um, since I've been talking to kind of all, um, doing interviews on behalf of Crux in the last um, eight months. So, um, chapeau, you, you, you got me interested. Um, <clears throat> that interview was on the 17th of January, um, which is over three months ago now, and you've been pretty busy. I think perhaps the best thing to do in this call is to go over the kind of the progress that you've made in the last three or four months and the changes um, since that first interview um, back in mid-January. So, um, Alan, how do you want to do this? I mean, are you, you've, you've got all of this, this kind of data to hand. Do you want to give a summary of kind of the main milestones you've done um, in the last three months? You've been pretty busy guys. Uh, yeah, we have, Merlin. Yeah. I mean, I think you could basically break the progress up into three main categories, if you like. There's the uh, the infill and definition drilling that we've been doing on the two existing gold deposits, which are called Central and MG. And we put out quite a lot of drill results on both those. And, and the primary objective of that drilling is to define the high-grade zones or the high-grade cores within those deposits. There's a lot of low-grade peripheral mineralization that forms halos, but we've actually found in both deposits there's a central high-grade core. So we're busy defining those. And um, we put out some excellent results on both um, the high-grade core at MG, which is now about 235 metres long. Yesterday, we announced that we drilled 17.5 metres at 4 grams a tonne, including 10 metres at 5.5. So, you know, nice big widths of a pretty good grade. Um, that we've also, since uh, 17th of January at MG, this is the first of the two gold deposits, um, announced some much higher grade, narrower sections, 2.6 metres at 28.9 grams, 1.6 metres at 32.8. I mean, these are all in the last three months, Merlin. So I think defining the high grade cores to the central and MG deposits is the first aspect. The second aspect is what progress we've made on the various oxide blankets um, and because there are now three of these oxide blankets and we're making excellent progress on that. And then finally, perhaps we can talk about the other discoveries we're making and the progress we're making on sort of the broader districts and the reconnaissance we're drilling, drilling we're currently doing. So that's how I, I'd suggest we break it down, Merlin. Okay, so primary, then the oxide blankets, and then the regional. Correct. Um, okay, good. Now, when, when, when we're talking about the primary, what I, what I got from the previous call was that you have got about 900,000 ounces kind of just above a gram a ton in your kind of global resource base mm. dating back from 2018. You previously spoke that you were doing more drilling but also that there was a kind of um you, you described it as middle because of kind of a function of using a um kind of a perhaps an overly conservative top cut to your gold um, and that you were looking to produce a new resource which is going to um add in meters, add in extensions, but also recalculate the existing resource and better define the geology. Is, is that, have I kind of remembered that right? Yeah, that's pretty much it, Merlin. I mean, back in 2018, I think within the two deposits, we had about 70 drill holes with above 10 gram gold intercepts. And most of the resources were cut pretty significantly. Um, so all the high-grade material... Uh, a, a lot of it was cut way back. So we lost a lot of the high-grade uh, drill intercepts that we had. And the reason that we did was because we didn't have enough 
drill intercepts within the high-grade cores to both the deposits to define those high-grade cores separately. So when the engineers looked at the, um, the overall drill database, they said, well, yes, you've got quite a lot of high-grade intercepts, but you don't have enough. So we're going to cut those. We're going to assume they're statistical outliers and cut them way back. So uh, the primary focus of the work we're doing right now is to, is to make sure that we've got sufficient drill holes at, at a sufficient density in, in both deposits to be able to actually define the high-grade cores separately from the, from the surrounding lower-grade envelopes. So this is essentially an exercise in geostatistics, which um, may sound boring to some, but is actually really, really fascinating because you've, you've got a distribution of, of gold in your rocks with some high grade, which unless you've got that population high enough, you can't include that into your predictions. You have to increase your sample density to be able to be confident that that high grade population is an integral part of your resource base. Yeah, and this is hugely important, Merlin. So the difference between the current resource, which, as you said, it's actually getting on for a million ounces, but uh, and the actual uncut resource where we include all that high-grade mineralization, back in 2018, it was half a million ounces. Mm. And if you go back to the 7th of June 2018, press release, there's a table in there, figure two, has that comparison in it. So, you know, there's half a million ounces that wasn't included back in 2018. The 2018 estimate was based on 27,000 metres of drilling approximately. We've now drilled approximately 33,000 metres since then. So we've drilled well over uh, 100% more more drilling. And in the next few months, um, we should, you know, between now and the end of the year, we should add at least another 20,000 metres on top of that. So, you know, we've done an awful lot more drilling since that since that resource estimate. Yeah, but there was a lot of high-grade gold that was not included in the 2018 resource estimate. And do you run models? I mean, do you have, do you, are you running models internally or are you, are you running a dynamic model with your consult, with your resource consultants? Do you, do you have a feel for where you are in defining that high-grade um, component as an are they saying, yes, you've got enough information, or are they, are they still saying, we need more drill holes? Well, we have, we, well, we have drill programs on the, on the two existing deposits. We're much more advanced with MG in defining the high-grade resource. We've got a pretty good idea of the size of this thing now. We do still need some additional drill holes before we can update the resource at MG so that we can have a high-grade resource and a low-grade and the low-grade envelope modeled separately. We are obviously running our own internal models. Central, we're also drilling off what appears to be a high-grade core now at Central. I mean, we've recently drilled at Central uh, just in the last few weeks, 23.8 metres at 5.5, and that includes just under a metre at 98.4 grams, gold, not silver. And so MG is a little bit more advanced than, than Central is. We've got a lot of holes into both these deposits, Merlin. We, we need a few more and, and in both cases before we update the resource. And where we're heading here is, Probably by the end of the year, possibly the first quarter of next year, we'll update the resources on both. Sorry, I was, I was thinking about the next question. Can you give me the timings on those resources updates? Uh, probably the end of the year or early 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 next year. Um, what we want to do is update the global re- resource on the district. So not just update the resources for these two deposits, but actually pull in resources for some of the new discoveries that we've made too. I mean, yes. look, I, I think the other thing when you're talking about geostatistics, top cuts, resource estimation is that... Uh, the top cuts that were used in 2018 by the independent engineering firm that did our resource estimate range anywhere from about two grams to 20 grams. Most of the mineralized zones within the two deposits we have were cut to a maximum of five grams a ton or 10 grams a ton. G Mining has, has the TZ deposit immediately next door to us. And the, that top cut, that deposit has one top cut. It's one global top cut for all their zones and it's 25 grams a ton. So I think, I think. You know, just just look just on that basis, you'd have to say that the the top cut thresholds that we use for our resource are much much more conservative than than their resource. But um, it it really was a function of us not having enough drill holes at the time, and 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 uh, which didn't allow us to model those high grade zones separately. So as I said, many of the high grade intercepts were regarded as statistical outliers. We're now um, very well advanced in getting enough drill holes so that we can model these high-grade zones separately, which will have 
obviously those high-grade zones will have much higher top cuts. Is the rationale behind defining the high-grade zones principally so that you can justify this high-grade population in the global resource base so that it would pull the open pit lower by giving the overall open pit resource a high grade? Or are you looking ahead to um, defining an, uh, an underground potential? Is that just kind of, is that just sometime in the future? Is it, is it all about the global in-pit resource grade at the moment? Yeah, right now it's mainly about the in-pit resource um, Merlin, a small component of the 2018 resource was underground high grade. And that's the other difference between our project and what G Mining has. We have a lot of these high grade veins forming this high grade cause to both deposits. And these high grade veins um, are likely to extend significantly at depth. And these are orogenic gold deposits. I studied one as, my, as part of my PhD many, many years ago, and we mined that down to 1.8 kilometers down. So these types of gold deposits have enormous vertical continuity. And I mean, we have both these gold deposits are open at depth. In fact, everything we've drilled is open at depth. And um, there's likely to be an awful lot more gold at depth. But we have so many different targets here, which are either at or close to surface. That's that's where the focus is, is defining open pit resources right now. We can we can park the underground potential for, for future decades, generations. What's the kind of the, the depth you're drilling your resource down to at the moment? And um, Here we are. Yeah. Uh, Merlin, you are right. I mean, we are doing both things. I mean, we are pulling down our pit, the, the, the theoretical pit that was put in 2018. And it depends on the sections, right? But we can say we are going to 50 to 150 meters below the actual pit. Some places we are going below, right? And how deep um, was the pit? How deep was the pit and its deepest? Again, point? it changed uh, from 50 meters to 120, 130 meters. We put a theoretical pit of 250 meters just to guide us in the exploration, especially in MG, as Alan says, which is now where we had most of the drilling, right? We started a central in uh, late last year. So central... We just have started, right? Uh, so uh, yes, we are increasing in the overall resource, open pit resource, but also some of the holes that were deep uh, will also will increase some resource in the underground. And it very well mentioned, I mean, all this geostatistic thing is you get this high grade, but if you cannot put a wireframe around that high grade, where you have consistently several results of high grade, that all will be cut. And that's what happened in 2018. But now we have uh, more than double the drilling and we expect to another 20, maybe 25,000 meters more by the end of the year. So uh, we are very, very confident, confident that we're going to define those high grade zones, wireframe those and put a separate resource for that. And that will happen also at Central, right? If you've seen at Central, we have something like 15 holes so far from the new program. And every hole comes up with a extremely good results, right? I mean, we are extremely happy with what's going on at Central. And, and then if you've seen the results lately, we published last year about Pado Merenda. So Pado Merenda also is giving us some very nice surprises. So, yeah. um, can, I, can, I, can I, I just ask, go on, Alan, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, Willie's point is very important. So, uh, look, we're having great success here defining the high-grade zones both at MG and Central. But on most of the sections at MG, we are actually extending the ore body down dip. Um, and, you know, we've just been through the, the thing section by section. We're having a lot of really good success finding a lot more mineralization at at depth, if you look at the last press release from this week, um, you can see that there's there's um, there's some very nice uh, intersections, new intersections at, at depth, at significant depth. So, you know, there's lots of upside at depth on both of these deposits. Do you have the same kind of um, behaviour of the high-grade gold across all three deposits? And um, do you have the same kind of range of your semi-verogram? Are you kind of confident that you know how close you need to drill or how close you need to pierce your your um your structure uh on each of the three deposits i'd, I'd say that's still a work in, in progress merlin i would i would say we're most confident about mg because we've got more more drilling done at mg 
less confident about Central and much less confident about uh, Powder Miranda and Mashishi, where we don't even have a resource, resource on either of those new discoveries yet. But, but um, you know, it depends which zone we're talking about. I mean, this is district scale. We've clearly got multiple gold deposits here. The real question is how many gold deposits have we got? Have we got three or four? Or have we got eight, nine, ten? They're all going to be feeding a central processing facility, but they're all at various stages. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, it's not, not an easy one to answer because we've got several deposits. Do they, do they feel similar, though? Is it? I mean, Yeah, they do feel similar. I mean, MG is an east-west trending thing, but very, very similar. And central is uh, northwest trending and is a bit wider. But, but, you know, these things were clearly formed at, at the same time. The high-grade zone at MG is very obvious. Um, so, you know, um, but we know more about that. But th there's still more drilling to be done. So... Um, I wouldn't say we have all the answers by any means. And let's say you're targeting kind of a, a new resource at the beginning of next year so that you've got time to include a variety of, um, a, a number of different um, location points. That's not going to be the final envelope around all your no. mobile system. It's going no. to be, it's going to, an, it's going to be MRE2. Um, which is kind of a journey towards understanding the overall envelope of mineralization in the district. That's right. I mean, you know, lots of people talk about having a district just because they've got a big land position. Well, we've got, outside of the two gold deposits that we've been talking about, we have about, well, I think, I don't know, it's, it's round about, last time I looked, which was six months ago, we had 43 peripheral targets within a sort of an eight, 10 kilometer radius, if you like. Now, these are things, some of which have got some really cracking drill holes. There's about 10, 10 things which have got very high-gauge drill intercepts. Uh, and there's one of the maps in our press, corporate presentation shows that. You know, we've got, we've got some very high-grade drill intercepts. Willie mentioned Powder Miranda. We've just drilled 22.4 metres of 4.8 grams a tonne there. That's a, that looks like it's a brand-new discovery. We've got uh, 27 metres at 6.9 grams a tonne. That's 500 metres southeast of one of the existing deposits at Central. Um, there's 34 metres at 5.4 that grams a tonne. That's a machine. All these things are outside the two known deposits, Merlin. So there really are, it really is a very exciting district. And this area is in a region called the Tapajos, if you recall, which where there was an enormous gold rush in the 1980s, one of the biggest ever recorded gold rushes. This region is the world's third largest placer gold district. Most people in Europe and North America have never heard of it. And there was a gold rush that happened here. It was 10 times bigger than the California gold rush in the 1980s. And our project was the largest placer camp of all these areas. So, you know, we think we're onto something very unusual. It's very unique and it's tremendously exciting, uh, particularly when we're putting out the sort of results that we've been putting out on an almost weekly basis. I've just, um, I've, I've recently bought... Uh um that one do you know, do you know that's, that's a record uh, cover isn't it uh no it's not it is a, it might be a record cover but it's the salgado book of um his photographs of when he was up at um uh cerro de palada cerro so, palada well that actually is a it, it, it was happening at the same time but it's 800 kilometers away from where we are and that is a a deposit you know much like the similar photos that during some of the diamond rushes in south africa and places like that yeah. where People are covered in mud and hauling hauling bags of yeah. mud out with gold or diamonds in them, whatever. Yeah, no, that's about 800 kilometers from us. Our, the gold rush in the Tapajos was really people panning and sluicing, um, you know, the sand and gravel in the streams and rivers. But, um, you know, there was uh, in the Tapajos, there was an estimated 30 million ounces of placer gold that was, and that's all gold that's been eroded into the streams. And, and the three of us have spent a big chunk of our careers now looking for the hard rock sources. But we think Kuyu Kuyu could, could and should be the biggest hard rock source of all that plastic gold. Um, has, it, has it all grown back? Has it all just revegetated? And can you, uh, you know, uh, have the scars been grown over? Uh, most of it. I mean, um, vegetation, you know, here dr grows incredibly yeah. quickly. I mean, some areas that were, were had cattle on it a few years ago now are, are just full of trees that would be five or six metres high and the vegetation grows back very quickly. So, yeah, you can still see some of it. And, uh, of course, there are still a few people scratching a, a, a bit of a living here from, from, from some of the streams, but it's, it's not like it was, you know, 40 years ago. 
nothing close. Um, okay, let's let's get back to the the, the, the primary. So you said the kind of new discovery at Powder Miranda, but I th- um, so, so there's no resource on that. But you are going to be you, you're going to have a resource on that by the end of the year or by the beginning of next year. Hopefully, yeah, we've got a lot more drilling to do. We've got 12 holes pending there, but uh, Powder Miranda is an interesting one because it's only two and a half kilometers to the northwest of the central gold deposit, and there's a big geochemical anomaly there that we've been excited about for a long time. It's five kilometers long, extends up to the north northwest, and powder merenda is, as I said, two and a half kilometers to the northwest. Now, we found one of these oxide blankets up there starting in, I think we initially discovered it in August last year, which is this, and we'll talk about these blankets in a moment, but we found this sort of blanket material, unconsolidated mud and sand, and, um, and that's very similar to what we have at MG. We have a primary gold deposit subvertically dipping in the granite. It's been weathered and eroded over years and has sort of spread out to form a, a sort of a mushroom or the top of a mushroom above it in mud and sand. And we had this top of the mushroom at PDM. What we didn't have was the stem of the mushroom, if you like. And so we drilled under the blanket at PDM. And as, as, as Willie said, we, we, we got some very good results, you know, 22.4 metres at 4.8. We stepped out 120 metres away from that initial hole to the northwest and drilled about 12 metres at 3.3. So it, it does look like there's a significant mineralized zone, primary mineralized zone at PDM as well, but we've got more drilling to do and there's a lot more results pending. So part of the drilling you're going to do, you're going to do, is you're going to do 12 holes at PDM kind of targeting that under that, that sulphide. No, we've drilled 12 holes. We've drilled, I think we've drilled, drilled more than that. We've probably drilled, how many holes have we drilled at PDM into the uh, primary zone, Willie? About 15? Uh, more or 15. less about 15, yes. And <clears throat> now uh, we are drilling the, um, the oxide, right? We are doing an infill on the blanket. On the, on the top of the mu- my mushroom. Yes. But, but yeah, we're yes. waiting for those results to come back on the, uh, uh, those, those drill holes to come back. In the meantime, we've taken a little bit of pause and moved that, that particular rig over to this other new discovery called Mashishi. It's all, it's all, we'll have to put a map, map as part of this uh, presentation at some well, point. Let's, let's no, do it, so pull it up. So people can navigate themselves around. Yeah, let's <laughs> pull it up. Pull, pull it up now if you can. Um, so, so that's the other thing I was going to ask, because it looks as if you've got some, Mashishi kind of looks parallel to MG, and it looks as if you've got some kind of connecting veins between the two, or at least dropping off the southwest of uh, Mashishi. Yeah, there's, there's a whole sort of vein array that we're very excited about, and as Willie was saying, we've been trenching. And there's a vein array between this new Mashishi discovery and MG, um, and uh, uh, we're getting some very, very interesting results in and around um, that area. Um, and but I'll show you where everything is. Let's just uh, perhaps uh, perhaps I can share my screen here. Yeah, please do. Um, um, you say Mashishi was is, was new, but you, you you've had that one 34 meter drill hole for a couple of years now, haven't you? Three or four years. Yeah, yeah, we have. We thought it was a 500 meter zone, it, but it's relatively new. The, 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 it's it's grown quite a lot. Um, I don't know if you guys can see my screen now, but um, look, this is a map, uh, a topo map. All these yellow areas were the streams that were mined for plaster gold, so they're mainly draining from the north towards the south down through here. These in yellow, uh, this here's the central deposit in through here. Here's the MG deposit through here. They're about five kilometers away. Uh, the the PDM discovery that we we're talking about is up here, and there is a trend through here. So all this is very highly anomalous in terms of a, a, a big golden soil anomaly. The Mashishi area in here, when all these yellow dots are different targets, there's there's 43 targets actually, uh, 43 yellow dots within our that we've identified so far. But the Mashishi area discovery is just north of of uh, of the MG deposit. Um, so. You know, it's very, very close, and we've been having good success there. Um, Alan, what constitutes a target? What, what, what's, what do you, ha- what do I have to do to earn a yellow dot if I'm a piece of rock or a bit of soil? Well, there's really th- three levels, three broad ga- categories of targets. Um, so all these yellow dots are different targets. So at, at the top of the target pyramid, um, the most advanced targets would have high-grade drill and seps associated associated with them. So we've got about ten of those, and I've got another map somewhere. Um, perhaps not on this presentation, but there is one in the corporate deck. So there are 10 areas here with largely high-grade drill intercepts um, outside of the central and the MG deposits. Underneath that, there's another sort of dozen or so areas where we've got um, 
high-grade veins sticking out of the ground that we've trenched. And so we have yep. channel samples. We can see the veins in the ground. We may have drilled uh, one or two holes into them. We may not, uh, but there are high-grade veins actually sticking out of the ground. Underneath that, we've got another category of targets. There's probably another dozen or so areas where we've got extremely high-grade uh, boulders on surface. Obviously, they're higher risk with boulders. You don't know exactly where they've come from. Um, so it's a different category of target. So there are several different categories, but there are some very, very compelling targets here. And this map does not do it justice. The question really, know. Merlin, is that how many of these yellow dots are going to be the next central and MG deposits? We think we think PDM and Mashishi certainly are. But beyond that, there's almost certainly a number of these other additional yellow dots will, will be additional deposits, but they need more work. Alan, just uh, one thing that doesn't actually come out in the presentations is the, uh, you know, the fifth target range, which is the, the geochemical anomalies. We've got uh, multiple targets, both close to the uh, right, main resources and uh, in the, the regional tenements. Um, too many to choose from, right, Willie? And, um, yeah. Rory, Rory, here's a question for you. Um, if you're uh, responsible for the logistics, you know, can you drive over this area? You know, how forested is it? How hilly? How how many big rivers are there? Uh, the rivers aren't that big. Uh, most of them have got bridges across them. Um, as necessary, we'll build bridges. Uh, you know, it, it's the topography is quite difficult um, in the wet season. It's it's much hillier. And most people think they see the Amazon as a big green pasture and they think it's just flat, but it's not. It's far from it. But um, and as a result, you've got a lot of small creek crossings and whatnot. But there's a lot of road access in this area because of the, uh, the previous Garampera activity, um, which makes things easier for us. But in support for all this drilling, we do have uh, a fleet of, uh, of D6s and uh, front-end loaders and, uh, and other pieces of equipment to give us the logistical support. And that's that's a combination of making the pads and also road access. Correct. Correct. I mean, Merlin, just, just back to your issue about the targets. So each of these yellow dots is a target. For example, this one, which isn't labelled on this map. As I said, on the corporate deck on the website, it is. But this is the central southeast target. We've got, I don't know, three or four drill holes down there. One of those drill holes cut 27 metres at 6.9 grams a tonne, Merlin. I mean... You know, on this map, you would never, you never know it. There's this one here, just underneath this label, um, is, uh, no, sorry, it's, it's this one here. That has a few drill holes on that. The best drill hole that we've got there so far is 39 metres at 5.1 grams a tonne. There are some cracking targets here. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, difficult to imagine that, that there aren't going to be a number of additional deposits here in, in addition to the discoveries that we've been making. When you go to a new target area and you've got an old historic drill, um, drill intercept, how difficult is it from there? How, well, you know, what's your return um, ratio like? Do you, do you go into these things and you, do you drill around it and do 50-metre step backs or a, uh, a 50-metre step back and then a 100-metre line step out along strike? Um, what's your success rate? Do you have confidence in what you're drilling or is it we're just going to go close to a known thing or do you use geophysics? Do you map the geology? You know, how confident are you when you go into an area? And I know it will always vary with the amount of data you've got, but do, do you, have you got a handle on the kind of the, the systems? Look, we do all of those things. I mean, you know, each target is quite different. I mean, obviously, mm. you know, we're constantly, continually refining wh where our priorities should be, particularly with these regional reconnaissance targets, um, you know, about what we should be doing. But yeah, we use all that. I mean, we do a extensive geochemistry. We do a lot of geophysics. Um, you know, we trench where possible. And, and let's face it, I mean, drilling is expensive. So you want to be as confident as you possibly can that you're going to, you, you're going to, you know, drill something um, and get some get some encouraging results when you do drill. And do you have a, if you kind of, kind of developed a system that you kind of, you say, right, we're going to put in um, five drill holes, one underneath it, two to the side. Uh, we're going to, they're going to be 300 metres each or 150 metres each. Do you say we're going to give, allocate a thousand metres per target or is it not as systematic, not as kind of robotic as that? It's not as robotic as that because there are different targets. Some of these things are, are veins that are two, three, five metres wide. 
Um, some of these are things are zones where you can see there's a zone 30, 40, 50 meters wide. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it really depends. I mean, we modify it, but, uh, it, it, you know, yeah, it will, it will be different in each case. Access is also an issue, right? The logistics you were, we were just talking about, really, um, that is an important consideration. You know, how, how close can you get the rig, rig to the target? Is it in waterlogged ground? I mean, is it, you know, is it challenging for any, any particular reason? Is it sitting under one of these streams? I mean, all these sort of things come, in, come into play here. Uh, Merlin, just on that, I'm an example right now. We're drilling a current target. Uh, it's a regional target called India. And of course, it's the we did some RC drilling into that uh, late last year, but there's a lot of water, so we've come back with uh, diamond rig um, to conduct the uh, you know the deeper drill holes. Yeah, we, we go in there with a, an idea. We're doing some shallow holes under some geochemical anomalies. Uh, we've got some previous drilling that had uh, positive results, but we need to have the flexibility. The geologists have the autonomy to decide. I mean, if we're in a mineralized zone. What's planned as a 50-meter hole goes to 150 or 200 until you're out of it, right? Um, yeah. so there's a lot of unknowns, so we have to be flexible. Thank you. Yeah, that's really helpful. And um, Alan, another question just on the on the primary and kind of let's look at your kind of your global resource. Now, I, I do want to get to the oxide blankets. I do want to get, but I, I guess we're kind of incorporating the regional in regional into this conversation. Anybody who's looking at this seriously will understand the tapajos kind of potential. Anybody who spends more than five minutes on the website click on the five minute video you talk about the plaza you know there's an understanding of the regional play here you've also got regional um drill holes kind of showing proof of concept that there's mineralization across the district mm. um what do you think about internally um when it comes to to be taken seriously by the market we need to prove up a million ounces or two million ounces or million 1.5 do you think in terms of let's have a seven-year mine life at 150,000 ounces per annum. Are you, do you, are you kind of conceptually putting kind of scoping study things as what you would then want to advance? Yeah, I mean, obviously we have, a, we have an idea of what we feel that we need. Um, I think a lot of that is guided by the project next door to us, which is about 2.1 million ounce reserve, and that will support a 10-year mine life of about 200,000 ounces a year. So. Um, so that's what we're looking for. And we're halfway there already. In fact, we were halfway there in 2018. Yep. And as I said, we've just more than doubled the amount of drilling we've done since 2018. So, you know, look, um, um, we're very optimistic that we, we are going to have a resource base that will be significantly larger than our neighbours. But of course, we're not, we're not as advanced as them yet. They're, they have a full feasibility study. They're about to start construction you know, and it, that is going to be Brazil's third largest gold mine. But, but yeah, it is something that's very foremost in the in 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 our in our rationale and our thinking. The interesting thing about this project really is because it's a district scale, and because we got so many of these different targets, and there are new discoveries popping up on a regular basis. The question really then becomes: At what point do you say, right, okay, we have enough ounces here to sort of move far forward with a scoping study and a feasibility study? Do you yeah. scope out a mine where you've got you know a million ounces, which we have already? Uh, which would probably be sufficient to justify 100,000 ounce a year operation? Um, or do you do it at two or do you do three or do it five million ounces? What do you do it at? Our internal feeling is that somewhere between two and two and a half million ounces is about probably about right level to you know, then move forward with a scoping study followed by you know, pre-fees feasibility. But the big difference with this is that because we have all these different targets and these new discoveries, the resource is going to continue to grow in parallel. So we will then take that two to two and a half million ounces and start demonstrating the economic viability through those studies. But in parallel, we're going to keep drilling and we're going to keep expanding the resource. Um, yeah. And that's quite different to what G Mining has next door. El Dorado had that project for 11 years and did not add a single ounce they drilled 35,000 metres. A lot of that drilling was outside the TZ deposit itself, looking for extensions, satellite deposits, et cetera, et cetera. And they didn't find anything. In fact, their best drill result was 20 metres at 1.73 grams in 11 years outside of TZ. You compare that result with some of the drill holes that we've got outside our two known deposits. There's a massive, massive difference. Hopefully, G mining will have a lot more success, but you know we'll, we'll wait and see. It's a very, very unusual project. 
just just to uh, kind of a two to two and a half million ounce kind of trigger or a threshold level to before you start studying this in 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 with real emphasis um, in terms of the kind of the the economic studies, but always with the option to grow and increase and to kind of to optimize the, that throughput should you get additional resources which are right within, right within tru- within trucking range. That's right, Merlin, and there is a proviso to that which relates to the oxides which. The definition of all these oxide blankets that we, you know, gives us a sort of a a shortcut into production, which we'll talk about a bit later on. But um, but yeah, that's 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 the feeling. In, in order to build a meaningful operation akin to what you know, you know, akin to what's happening, soon to be happening next door. Um, yeah, you know, it's got to be at least two to two and a half thousand ounces. I think the market looks a little bit differently on a company that has two to two and a half million ounces of gold. Now, don't forget, again, getting back to 2018, it was half a million ounces of high grade that didn't make in the resource estimate back then. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, if, the, if we'd have had a resource without any top cuts on it, including all that high grade material, the resource back then would have been at 1.5 million ounces. Well, no pressure then. We're just expecting the two million ounces by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> more um, rigs, more rigs. <laughs> More rigs, more rigs. Willy, 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 willy. Go, go, go. Right, let's move on to the oxides, because when we last spoke, you were um, Mm. in the process of um, wanting to put resources around those, uh, the oxides. You you had um, got some bottle roll tests um, and you were moving to column leach tests, I think, which were going to be coming out in a month or so, sorry, in May, um, a month from now. And you were looking to define the three resources. Just from what I can pick up from the news releases, you're... That those resources are still open. You're still finding good stuff at Central and PDM. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we've we we're pretty confident now. We have a third blanket uh, back in 17th of January. I'm not sure we'd, we'd announced even the third blanket, but we're now pretty confident we've got this third blanket there. So there's three of these sort of blankets, or the top of the mushrooms there. Um, we have um, met, met work going. We sent half a ton of material from blanket number one off to this lab in Reno, Caps Cassidy. And they're experts in doing heat leach uh, metallurgical work. The bottle roll test, which is the first part where you uh, put the material in a, and you roll it, basically uh, um, indicated very high gold recoveries within 48 hours. But of course, that's not what would happen actually in a heap. So the the most important part of the network that's going on right now is the column leach tests, where we've put the material or, or the lab has put the material in columns and is leaching it. And um, those are 60-day tests. I think we're on day 42. Um, we won't know um, what the results of that are for another sort of 18 days or so, uh, but we're very optimistic um, in part based on the column leach tests and, um, and in part how the material is responding. So um, that's very key. I mean, if that, if that column leach work indicates uh, this material is, is amenable to heat leach um, recoveries and heat leach um, processing uh, Merlin, that has enormous implications for cost, both capital cost, because the capital cost of heat leach operations is very, very low, and also operating costs. And let's not forget this material is at surface. It's unconsolidated. So it doesn't need drilling or blasting. The oxide material we're talking about now, the tops of the mushrooms, it's unconsolidated mud, sand, and soil. Essentially, that's what it is. And um, so, you know, no or very little drilling or blasting required um, and very little, if any, crushing or grinding required too. So enormous implications. Two, two immediate questions. The first is about the mud in, the, in, in, in that blanket because um, mm. sh- surely it's going to be the fine grain material that's going to be an obstacle to any kind of um, leach pad kinetics. You know, the flow, the percolation is going to be affected by uh, slime, mud, clays. Mm. Yeah, so, you'd think so. Now, most heat leaches, uh, they're mixed with cement, and this would, would be mixed with cement too. So you do what's it, uh, uh, you, you do an agglomeration. Basically, you put this material, it's fed into a giant cement mixture, mixed with cement, and out the end of the cement mixer came, come these pellets, which are little balls, pea-sized balls, that go up a conveyor belt and are stacked on the pads. And that, the mixing of cement, allows the, all that fine, muddy, silty material to basically form these balls where the solution can percolate in the pore spaces. It, it percolates down through these pore spaces, and, and that's how you leach this material. So, yeah, there's, there's, um, there's no sort of great 
um, magic. No, 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 no great magic. No, no, no. There's no great magic to that. So, um, so agglomeration is is what you envisage. Have the column tests? Have, have has the material been agglomerated for the column tests? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so, so it's kind of a like for like. Um, yes. And is the grade of the material that you've taken similar to what you think the grade of the overall pad has been? Has been, or have you? No. Obviously, we're not going to leach material that's not not representative. So, yeah, it's and it's either from a low, low, either if it's very low grade or very high grade. No, we, we've we've got material that we believe is very representative. And just on the, you know, people people say to us all the time, well, if you have you got any clay? To which the answer. Uh, that I would say that there's varying amounts of clay. Uh, there's more clay at MG than anywhere else. There's about 2% clay. And so is that a problem? Well, um, I, we hope that it won't be. I mean, obviously, uh, it certainly wasn't for the bottle ro roll work, So, uh, and it's only 2%. So I think if we had 30% clay, then, um, then there might be some impediments, even with agglomeration, to the, this stuff percolating. But um, but you know, two percent clay is not not a very high percentage. Indeed, not good. Well, that's what agglomeration is for: is to deal with the muds and the clays and the silts and the slimes. Correct. Yeah. Um, great. So, so you'll publish those release those those results in next month. Yeah, in May we'll get the metwork. Obviously, if that's positive, we are doing uh, other metwork uh, that we've got going on in parallel. Uh, to that, um, just in case the network, uh, the, the heat leach tests are, aren't as positive as we hope, but we're doing, we're looking, we're doing gravity tests, we're doing all sorts of other metallurgical work on this oxide material. Now, if, uh, once we've got that, we will then move towards a scoping study on the oxide material. Now, you know, I was talking earlier about when we would go to a scoping study and a feasibility study on the global resource, but this oxide material does give us a short cut if you like, to get in production much quicker because the capital costs and the operating costs are so much lower for heap leach work. So we'll do a little scoping study on the oxide material, probably starting in the third quarter, um, and, you know, and um, scope out as to how much capital we would need to sort of produce, how many ounces we could do and how fast we could build it. I think from the last conversation, the, 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 the mental arithmetic I did, we, we did talk about three uh, potential um, oxide blankets. And I think- Okay, we at, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, we were looking at somewhere between um, 100 and 150,000, um, potentially kind of as a kind of a conceptual figure for each of the, uh, you know, m maybe, I, I think you played it very conservative. I think you said something, um, um, it could be as low as kind of two hundred to three hundred thousand ounces. I think I project a little bit more and said it could be as high as four hundred thousand ounces. Um, you mean the total contained gold in the three oxide blankets? In, in the three oxide blankets, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to push you for for an answer, but um, th that gold was was wasn't included. None of that gold was included in the 2018 resource. This is all stripped. This is all waste material. Is that correct? Um, virtually all of it, not quite all of it, but but the vast majority of it was regarded to be waste. And the reason I say that was because these deposits in back in 2018 were projected up to surface. And what we found, of course, is that the, 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 there is a mushroom on the top. So all the stuff outside the stem of the mushroom, all the, <laughs> the top of the mushroom is all regarded as waste. And that was all material that would have to be stripped off to get to the underlying ore body. So um, obviously, this material will have a very, very low stripping ratio. It will, yeah. um, you know, it, it really is. It's sort of like looking at a very thick um, layer of icing on the top. I mean, I yeah. know it's a, a bit of a sort of a cliche, but it, it really is a thick, very sweet layer on top. I get it now. Uh, <laughs> um, very cruel considering it's lunchtime, Alan, to be... <laughs> <very fun>. uh, <laughs> A dripping roast. PDM, you haven't defined. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I found some figures. I can't, I don't even know, know where I found them, but it was um, looking like PDM, wherever I got it. Oh, I can't, I can't see it now, but it was kind of several hundred meters by um, 900 meters by 350 meters and open. Yeah, it's, it's about 30 hectares, or give or take. Um, right now, um, it does still have the potential to grow in several several directions. We're not, uh, as Willie mentioned earlier, we are doing some infill drilling at PDM. We've got about 30 holes into the blanket right now. So 
um, we're going to do some infill drilling. The, the nice thing about both of the, the initial blanket at MG and the second one at PDM, and probably the third one too, we don't know about how, how much about the third one, is there's a high-grade sort of zone running through the middle of both these blankets. Hmm. And obviously that is where we'd start mining because it seems like there's a significant amount of material that's you know, likely to be plus one, plus two gram uh, sort of ton of material. The best hole we've got into the oxide blanket at MG, for example, is 60 meters at three and a half grams. Now, th these sort of numbers of a gram, two grams, even half a gram, obviously don't, don't seem to be very exciting, wouldn't seem to be very exciting to most people. But when you consider just how cheap it's going to be to mine this stuff and process this stuff and extract the gold from it, um, yeah, yeah. No, we no, envisage, I'm, I'm, we hope that it will be extremely profitable. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, if, if the metallurgy is simple and it's at surface and it's essentially free dig or rippable material, um, then, then, it, then it's valuable. And um, I, you into central zone, I know you've, you say that you haven't got this kind of as well-defined as others, but you've just put in, you've pulled out 55 metres at 1.1 grams. And, and is that from, again, above one of these... Uh, one, above one of your feeder zones. Yeah, it, that that intercept is actually sitting right above where the primary deposit comes through. Look, um, at Central, there's uh, the actual oxide cap seems to be thicker, uh, but it may not be as laterally as extensive. And there's less sedimentary material associated with it and more of the weathered granitic intrusive rocks, which are now all oxide on that top. And so... Yeah. Um, so it's a slightly different in character, but at the end of the day, the end result is the same, is that it's all oxide free digging sort of material that, that in all likelihood will be very easy to um, mine and process. Well, great. And um, are you drilling that with diamond or RC? The, the, the oxides? The, in, in general, we're drilling the oxide blankets with RC. However, in order to do the primary drilling of the underlying deposits, we're doing diamond drilling and obviously a lot of those diamond drill holes are going through the, the overlying uh, blankets yep. as well. So, but, but the primary tool for the blankets is RC. The primary tool for the underlying hard rock deposits is, is diamond drilling for the depth. Great. Well, um, gents, thank you so much. I've, uh, it's a really, really useful uh, update. I think I saw in one of your um, things, you were talking about kind of a Q3 resource update for the oxides, but possibly later for central Q4. Is it, so... You know, yeah. So, so we're going to get various various bits of resources kind of coming out through the year. The first ones will be PDM oxide and MG oxide. Then there might be central oxide, and then early next year it might be the kind of um, uh, let, let, let's call it kind of MRE two, the the mineral resource estimate two for the kind of the the global, the global resource update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think look, obviously, to get a scoping study done on this oxide material, you need to have a resource on. Uh, one or more of these blankets. So MG is the most advanced blanket. Then PDM, where Willie said we're currently doing the infill drilling. And then the third blanket, which was um, that we discovered was central, which is not as advanced yet. But um, And there could be more of these blankets, Merlin. You know, there could easily be another two, three, four of these blankets within the district. We just we just don't know. There certainly are some indications in, in some other areas. But um, um, yeah, we will need to get resources, um, uh, calculate resources in order to do a scoping study for, for those blankets. Um, but central needs more work. So it's a little, it's not as advanced. Sounds like you need um, one of those kind of air core rigs that can just kind of punch holes, uh, you know, just drive through the bush like they got in Australia. The, the well, we've got something very similar to that. Actually, we bought a little RC rig and all credit to Rory. I mean, he's putting a huge amount of time and effort into this. So we've got a, a fantastic little uh, RC rig that's um, very mobile on a cat and, um, and goes everywhere. It's incredibly cheap to uh, to run. Roy, how much is it costing us uh, on a per me basis? Our little RC rig must be about uh, forty forty dollars or so, thirty five to forty. Yeah, fantastic. So, very cheap. Willie, you need to buy your geologists some running shoes so they can keep running oh. in front of um, in front of that RC rig, mapping out the veins and the and the soil anomalies. No, I I think we can solve that if we change our country manager. <laughs> get rid of him and then uh, things will be much easier so don't forget yeah. the CEO Willie <laughs> yeah yes, I'm going to talk about that later yeah we'll, we'll, get, we'll get we'll get Willie on when you're offline guys and we'll, we'll restructure the company <laughs> yes and, yes. and he, he's going to look yes. for a, be a beach deposit with a hammock <laughs> <laughs> sounds good I'll be with him I'll be with him <laughs> um 
Um, Alan, before we go, just want to just just to kind of um, check in on f- funds and the work program. I mean, you've got so much going on at the moment. Are you, are you budgeted for the rest of the year um, and into early next year? No, we're going to have to. We are exploring sort of various funding options right now. So we are going to need some more money here. Obviously, as you know, I have an, an awful lot of my own money invested in this company. So I'm aligned with our shareholders. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's always a bit of a dilemma about when you finance, how much you do, and at what price. And and uh, but you know we 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 feel that we've got a lot of momentum now, man. We're yeah. just coming off what we believe was our most successful year, and um, a, a, and we want to continue. We want to keep those five rigs running, and we want to keep expanding these discoveries because we're having just tremendous success. You know, we're putting news out most most weeks. So we want to keep the sort of a foot down on the accelerator, if you like. So, but thus far, we've had very good interest. You know, we've got about 50% institutional ownership. There's a lot of blue chip European and um, North American institutions that are big shareholders in the company. So, um, um, you know, it's not just us that are excited. I think I think a lot of our shareholders, most of our ex- shareholders are very excited too. It'd be a bit embarrassing if it was just me and you in an echo chamber saying how wonderful it was. Uh- <laughs> Um, what, I, what I can see when I look at the share price is, that, of course, you had that great run up in 2020, as so many other gold stocks did. Uh, so it was partly what you were delivering, but also partly the market. Um, and, and then it's been a really tough 18 months since then. Mm. I've, I, I've actually, the Cabral kind of low was kind of November, December, and actually all you're, 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 you're bouncing gradually higher. You know, the trend is now, it's definitely turned. And I, again, that's not just... Cabral in isolation because, you know, the gold market has turned. I think every gold stock is is looking better now than it did um, four months ago. But um, absolutely, this is kind of the time for Cabral to kind of capitalize on its momentum in that rising market. Yeah, and I, I think I think one of the key things to remember about our company is we already have a million ounces, right? So, so there is a lot of downside risk protection here. You know, management. We've we've been involved as a as a team here. We've been involved in five gold grassroots gold discoveries in Brazil. We're right next door to G Mining's development project, which is going to be Brazil's third largest gold mine. Uh, we've got a lot of our own money invested here. We've got five rigs turning, so there's a massive amount of news, and we've got a district scale play here. Um, so you know, um, I think there's a lot of reasons to really sort of uh, investigate Cabral in a bit more detail. Good. Well, I look forward to. Following up with you um, as the year progresses, and um, good luck, everyone, and, and thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Merlin. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.